All right. Hey, we are in. This is the uh, we're on the a bit of a maiden voyage here tonight as uh, we're we're downstairs simp truly at the bunker. Uh, we've made a little change and uh, we're excited to to get it all rolling here tonight for another episode of the Squadcast. Uh, there we are. How is how's it going, everybody? You're the squad. You're the fanalists. Welcome in. I'm super excited. We're, we're just kind of working out a few new things here tonight. So uh, if it looks weird, if it sounds weird, it, it should. We're, we're changing some things, but it's all exciting and it's going to make for, for a lot of positive in the, in the long run. So uh, make sure you guys hit, hit us with a like tonight. Hit us with a share tonight. Blow up the comments section and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. I already see Dylan Fournier checking in with some Facebook stars. He's on a two-week streak. Uh, and thanks to everybody else, I got Bobby Ray Patchett checking in. Uh, we got John O'Flynn checking in from North Vancouver. Thanks, John. Uh, Chad Isaacs cheering for the Flames. Uh, but hey, we're having some fun here tonight. We're going to be watching the comments, so if you send in a comment, uh, we'll try to get it on air. Again, we're, we're working out a few new things here tonight, so uh, it'll help us get used to it if you send in more comments. So uh, why don't I go ahead and bring in my, my good buddy Max. Max is still hanging out at his house. Max, how's it going over there? Oh, fantastic. Jays are up 6 nothing. Preds are up 3-1. It's, it's just a fantastic evening, Clark. Now, we have to address a couple of things, though. If we were in the basement of the bunker mm -hmm. and now we've moved downstairs, mm -hmm. where are we? And uh, is this a demotion from IKF Media? I don't know what's the, going on. Do we the, get sent down to the liners here without our no, knowledge? No, I think this is actually going to work out better in the long run. Uh, okay. you, man, you'd like it down here. It's nice and cozy. So uh, we're going to have some fun down here. It's going to be good. It's going to be better for the show overall, I think. It's a better fit for what we do uh, down here. But, uh, yeah, I think we're in, like, the bomb shelter of the bunker now. Does that make any sense? Gotcha, gotcha. I think we can, go, we right. can go with that. I think we can run with that. Uh, but, everybody, like I said, welcome to uh, the IKS Media Studios. Uh, we are here. I am Clark. Mad Max is to my, where are you, to my left or to my right? I don't know. Right. I guess, while you're looking at I'm it. I'm one of those places. <laughs> and you, of course, are the squad. You are the fanalists watching tonight. Uh, and we are brought to you by our good friends at Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. We got that going? Mm -hmm. Alan? Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions? Can we give... By the way, we have... I didn't put it in, apparently. Interesting. Bold. Ooh, Bold move. That's on Bold you, move. producer. Can we, can we go back to my shot for a sec, Jordan? <laughs> I'll give them a shout-out, because look... Oh, they're just off screen. But Roxanne and Darnell are hanging out with us every night now. They got little figurines. Fantastic. Oh, that's excellent. Their their logos on this on the TV. This is one of the changes that we've made. So they're they're right behind us all night long now. So there's there's Good our stuff. little Roxanne and Darnell for you. Uh, and you can give them a call or check out rockstar.com. Uh, they can help you get everything you need for your business and make your business run smooth so you don't have to worry about it and uh, they eliminate the headaches for you. So check them out. They're great. They're awesome people. We talk about them every week, but they deserve it. And it sounds like we have some cool stuff coming up with them max if i'm not mistaken yeah absolutely I, i'm literally conversing back and forth with darnell over text message right now there's some really exciting stuff happening he's he's got some thoughts on the uh, anthony mantha trade and oh, jacob Vrana and does. richard panic going the other way in a couple of picks uh it fits right in line with our show content tonight so good folks as always uh over with roxanne and darnell awesome and as always again i, I mentioned it already but ask us anything i did put that one in there uh so ask us anything throughout the night we'll get to them in the comments as best we can again we're, we're working with a bit of a different setup so i don't have a big comment wall in in front of me but i'm gonna ask uh alan our producer uh our intern producer alan 
to uh, make sure he's on it tonight so that he can make sure I don't miss anything important. So thanks you. make sure you ask us anything throughout the night. Uh, Chad Isaac is saying, should we go over the picks from Saturday? Who did better, Max, myself, or Clark? Uh, we're not going over the picks uh, from we're, Saturday. We're not going to disclose that information. Uh, they didn't go so well. I think me and Max are pretty, we're finding out we're pretty average at betting at uh, hockey games. But we're going to keep going. But we'll... We'll st- we'll keep that to our Saturday hockey Clark, show. Clark is is roll up the rim coming back to Tim Hortons anytime soon because I think we both got the please try again. So we're gonna do that next week. Well, so. you know, Max, uh, roll up the rim. You win every time now. No, not a sponsor, but uh, this year they, oh, well, they have a promo. Us. They win that's, every time. That's not us then. Uh, it's <laughs> truly the participation era, folks. When you win every time at at roll up the rim to win, that's that's a sign of society. I think. Uh, <laughs> Let's see who else is checking in here. We don't have enough time to get into that tonight, Clark. No. My dad is saying, hey, Max. I noticed he didn't say hello to me, uh, but you are How you his, doing, Dad? You are his adopted son, so I guess, again, I don't know. Something's going on with my dad. I, I don't know if I said something today. Uh, hey, Andrew, it's our dad, Clark. Andrew comes, Con Sutton said, I got to come on here and chat some MMA. Ooh, if we ever need an MMA guest, we got a guy. Uh, Sold. Darnell Theris is saying the Wings have won two in a row. Uh, interesting. The Detroit Red Wings. trades end games. Now. They're they're a wagon, Max. Would you go as far to say the Red Wings are a wagon? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I just watched the Nashville Predators whoop up on a pretty good seven-one last week, so uh, I don't know. But uh, they're getting there. They're we'll, getting there. We'll get to that Mantha trade in just a sec, and we're going to get to the top of the order. But Max, please break down tonight's show if you don't mind, my good sir. Happily, my friend. Now, once I get uh, scrolled up to the proper place in our setup. Oh wow. What a week in the world of sports it was. A weekend full of trades, some more trades, signings, and buzz. Clark, did your Leafs win the deadline? Methinks they may have. Felino, Nash, Hutton, and Riddick? What more could you want? Is it finally time for a trip past the first round? Or will these, fir- or will these moves sorry, just be a precursor to some more of your dreams to haunt? You're so mean the to legend me, Paul. I- I- I'm not mean. I'm You're just, very mean I'm to honest. Me. I'm honest. Anyways, let me get back to my spiel. Sure. The legend Paul Hendrick drops in to help us break it all down. What's the report card for Dubas? And can the Canucks come back off of COVID and rebound? Ooh. We pick it up and, or sorry, we pick it and roll over to our good friend Habib for this week's edition of the Corner 3. Some juicy stuff to talk about from the association as the Nuggets press on without Canadian superstar Jamal Murray. The Jays are off to a bit of a slow start. Not tonight, though. But hey, it's early. No need to look to tear everything apart. We dive into it all and then some more. Thanks for joining us tonight. We'll aim to keep you entertained throughout the night with a loaded program in store. Love it. Let's get to the top of the order. Why don't we We talk in Jays? Let's get to the lineup. Uh, We're kicking it off with the NHL trade deadline. uh, And, you know, there it wasn't a ton of trades. The ones that were made were interesting. There's definitely a lot of complex trades, a lot of double retention going on this year. Clearly a lot of salary cap finagling and shenaniganery going on uh, throughout the league uh, with a lot of uh, teams very either strapped for cash from their owners, strapped for cash from no revenue, or whatever it happened to be. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, you know, work going on behind the scenes to make these things happen. And number one, uh, you kind of mentioned it, but the Leafs go out and get Nick Felino, which is kind of one of the three or four splashes of the day. 
Uh, and, you know, Nick Foligno, there he is. Look at him in that Leafs jersey. I'm, I'm so excited Ooh, to see that's him. That's a good Photoshop right not there. Not bad. Uh, not bad. And the slow zoom is just for added dramatic effect. I like it, Jordan Fantastic. and Alan. Uh, but uh, so the Leafs go out and trade a first rounder, a couple fourth rounders uh, between the Sharks and the Columbus Blue Jackets to go get Nick Foligno uh, with double retention. So basically nothing against the cap. And uh, he's going to fit in nicely in their middle six, I believe. Uh, we'll see what happens when he actually gets into the lineup next week after his quarantine. But I think this gives him another leader. This gives him some physical grit. This gives him a guy who can score in big moments. Uh, penalty kill, power play. Kind of answers all the question marks that the Leafs may have still had in their forward group. What do you think, Max? Uh, you know what? I only want to take 30 seconds and let you talk a little bit more about your boy here because I know you're very, very excited. Uh, long story short, like you said, it checks the boxes. It's leadership. It's grit. It's all things that we haven't necessarily seen from Toronto when they go out and, and make acquisitions of this magnitude. So uh, I, I think this was probably the deal of the deadline, at least for your lease, for everything that he brings from a standpoint offensively. Uh, Leadership-wise, grit-wise, again, we've touched on it all. Take your uh, your time to, to rave about your new boy. Are you getting a number 71 Felino jersey? Well, I, I might have, have to. to. Again, I've, I've kind of ranted and raved about the fact that I don't have a ton of jerseys. Maybe maybe he's a guy you get. But I don't know if you go out and get a guy who might be a free agent and leave at the end of the year. We'll, we'll exactly, see. Maybe if he yeah. resigns, I'll consider it. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. Um, like you said, they, they typically haven't gone out and gotten the – the older, more experienced, gritty types of guys in their trades in the past couple of years. They've gone out and gotten either like depth role players or tried to get a guy like, uh, you know, somebody who can fit in a top six type of role. So I love this move. Uh, I think it's great. I know Columbus was in a tough spot the last couple of years. Uh, they've kind of been in a transition, especially this year, trying to go get Line and Domi, and nothing seemed to really be working over there. So I think Felino coming here is going to be a breath of fresh air for him and the team. Uh, so I'm really excited to see uh, how he lines up. Is he going to play with Tavares? We'll get we'll get into that with Paul Hendrick in just a few minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe get his thoughts on that. But uh, he'll have a I'm sure he'll have a thought or two about Nick Felino. Yeah, and my uh, last thought on it is when you look at the the price paid, right? I mean, the pick is going to fall. The first rounder, anyways, is going to fall between somewhere I don't know 24 to 28 uh, in a draft where we don't necessarily know what's going to happen in terms of the skill guys and the high end of it I think this is an immaculate price to pay for everything that Nick Foligno could bring to a playoff run where you guys have a real chance of going to a final four this year I noticed you said 24 to 28 and you stopped there and you didn't say 31 or 32 in that number Max. well that's because like uh, like uh, I'm generous Clark I'm okay. not delusional oh I see and I am I guess I am not surprised well, tat. uh Taylor Hall it make the biggest probably the biggest headline in terms of a trade and maybe not for head reasons scratcher. you would think because again yeah it was kind of a head scratcher in terms of the value I don't do we have a picture of Taylor Hall floating around I know we don't have one from the Bruins yet uh, but I think there was one of him in blue and yellow uh, with the Sabres and he goes through a second round pick Anders Bjork and he gets tossed along with uh, Lazar Curtis Lazar as well from the Sabres uh, Max you know, a lot of people are wondering about this deal. I've ha I've said my piece uh, in other platforms, but basically, you know, all I'll say is that there's a reason this guy didn't get more than what he got in terms of a return. There's something going on that uh, the normal hockey fan won't know about. There's something going on behind the scenes in the hockey industry uh, in terms of Taylor Hall. This guy is an MVP. He should not be going for... Uh, you know, a nice, uh, an average roster player. I don't want to down talk 
Anders Bjork at all. I'm just saying, you know, he's not your, you're not, he's not your superstar prospect. He's not your up-and-coming young forward necessarily, uh, and he only got a second-round pick. So I, I, I don't know. Again, I don't want to go too deep into some things I heard because I don't want to add to rhetoric or you know rumor telling or storytelling. Uh, but what do you think, Max Taylor Hall for a second-rounder? Does Boston get the steal of the trade deadline? Uh, to answer your final question, yes, I do believe so. I think Taylor Hall still got some game left in him. I don't necessarily know if we're going to see the heart winner ever again from 2017, 2018, whenever he won it. Uh, but I think 75% of that player is still there. And I think in a good situation, which he finally has, if you look at his last three, uh, even four going back to Edmonton, it's really been tough for Taylor Hall. It's, he hasn't really had an infrastructure and and some depth around him that can really allow him to explode into the player that we all know that he can be. Uh, and now he doesn't have to be the guy in Boston. There is Pasternak, there's Marchand, there's Bergeron to lean on. He can just be a guy that quietly goes in and, and plays in the top six, uh, contributes some secondary scoring alongside with Craig Smith, former Nashville Predator. Hey. Uh, it's it's going to be a good fit for him. But uh, when you look at this deal as a whole, Buffalo kind of hamstrung themselves a little bit. And maybe you can correct me based on some of the things that you know and what you can talk about. But who gives a guy a no-move clause on a one-year contract? Did they really need Taylor Hall that badly? Um I don't necessarily know what's going on if you're Kevin Adams in Buffalo and your asset management here, but at the end of the day, I understand that Taylor Hall probably wasn't coming back next year and you had to get something for him. But man, oh man, Boston, I think, made out like gangbusters with this one. Yeah, we're just reading a couple of comments here. First of all, Katie Fleury sending us Facebook stars. Thank you, Katie. Uh, Janelle Barkman's continuing. I think she's leading the streak gang. Uh, she's got a seven-week streak going on. So thank you, Janelle Barkman. But she thank also thank you both very much. She, yes, she also says, anyone else feeling very underwhelmed with the trades this year, other than Taylor Hall and Jeff Carter? Uh, and to that, I think we kind of mentioned it, but you know, there's a lot of restrictions going on this year. There's uncertainties. There's border rules. There's uh, owners don't have money to give guys. There's uh, about half the teams had no cap space to begin with. Uh, in terms of the overall salary cap in the NHL. So it was, it was a weird year. Uh, they did their best to make a few moves. The other thing too, Janelle, uh, just speaking to Janelle specifically, uh, there isn't a defined list of sellers this year where there usually is most other years. Uh, a lot of teams, because you're playing within your division, you're a hot week away from the playoffs. Uh, most of these teams are. So uh, with, with how close the league is and, and how the divisions are set up, uh, you know, if you have four games in a week and you're six points back, you win all four, you're in the playoffs. So I don't think a lot of teams wanted to make a ton of moves that would uh, either, you know, wreck what they have. Uh, Ken, Kevin Cheveldayoff, I, I had a great quote. I don't know if it was this week or if it was another year, but he said, you don't dig yourself a hole just to fill, it, just to fill in your own hole. Uh, so players weren't, teams weren't going to just make trades just to make trades. Uh, you know, they, they want to make trades to make their teams better. Uh, so it just it was an interesting year with a lot of different dynamics and that's probably why there was limited amounts of trades this year compared to well, last year which think, was a record yeah, last sorry, year go ahead. no that's all I'm saying last year was a record this year was quite low in terms of overall numbers of trades yeah 100 percent you alluded to it earlier the economics of it right that was the biggest thing and uh, there's an expansion draft coming up on July 21st that threw a wrench into a lot of GM's plans and I think uh, when you look back to Vegas coming in back in 2017 a lot of GM's learned from that experience uh, they're not necessarily wanting to, to I guess be super flexible with their assets before they have to 
And Nick Kipriero's called it a couple of months ago on our show. He didn't think it was going to be a super active deadline. And to be honest, I thought it ended up being busier than I initially thought it would be. Uh, we saw a couple of, well, the Anthony Mantha blockbuster that nobody saw coming. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, as trade calls were being processed at 3.30, man, that was a fun one to talk about. And we'll get to that a little later. But uh, yeah, it was just a weird year. Chalk it up to a weird year. Well, well, we'll talk about the Manta to the to the Caps deal as well. Uh, the the Detroit Red Wings making a super last minute trade, like you said, sending Anthony Manta, who's 27 years old. He has a four year contract going on right now, 5.7 million dollars. There's the deal on the actually fit really nicely on the screen. Good job, guys. Uh, Richard Ponick, Jacob Verana, and a first round pick this year, a second round pick next year, going the other way. And this is the kind of deal that we were kind of missing this year. There weren't a ton of them. Oh, there's the name bars. Good job, guys. Uh, <laughs> good, good test on the name bars, but there wasn't a ton of them, uh, of these types of trades. There was more, you know, I'll trade you this guy, you'll retain 50%, I'll retain another 50%. So this was kind of your old classic hockey blockbuster, if you want to call it that. Uh, and it was probably the only real one of the day in terms of straightforward. I'm giving you one player. I'm getting a bunch of stuff. The Red Wings. Now, a lot of people are saying the Red Wings made out uh, with a steal on this one. I look at it a little bit differently, but Max, quickly give me your thoughts, guys. Let me know if Paul is, is logged in and we can, uh, we can wrap this up pretty quick. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll try and be as quick as I possibly can on it. One, I love Jacob Vrana as a player. I do think Detroit made out really well on this deal, but I also can't discount what Washington's getting here. You got a player with term at a more than reasonable cap hit. And when you look at the way that Washington's roster is constructed, you've got a couple of aging stars. You've got Alex Ovechkin. You've got Nicholas Backstrom. You don't necessarily know when the slowdown point is for those guys. So to bring in a young 27-year-old going into his prime, um, a guy that has already scored tonight, by the way, in his debut for the Capitals. Yes. This is a guy that has a potential to score 100 goals over the next three plus years. So, I mean, you're getting a real solid player here. Uh, I had the luxury of watching him a lot this year, obviously being a fan of the Predators and the, De and the Detroit Red Wings being in the same division. This guy's got some serious offensive ability. And we go back to Taylor Hall's case of not necessarily having the best infrastructure and the best teammates to necessarily play with. He's now headed into Washington's top six. Watch this kid play some hockey now and really just explode on this offensive side of the puck. So well, that's I the like way the I, move for both teams. Yeah, that's that's yeah, the way I look at uh, it. It's a good one. And just to build on what you're saying, Max, uh, some some people were saying, you know, uh, Washington overpaid for Anthony Mantha. And that's starting mm -hmm. to become a pet peeve of mine is people saying they overpaid. Because honestly, Washington, if they wanted, if Washington wanted Anthony Mantha, they went out and paid exactly what they were willing to give for Anthony Mantha. So to me, the, the term overpay is a fan thing uh, it's not necessarily what Washington values Anthony Manta he could come in there and be a 30 goal scorer every year uh, like you said he's gonna be playing with some very elite players he's gonna be a trigger man on the power play just so you know Manta's six foot five 235 he's on one wing Ovechkin's on the other wing they got two trigger guys on that first power play unit now that I don't think many teams can match uh, so consider that uh, but I, I'm, I'm look I'm loving that trade from the Capitals point of view but it's also good for the Red Wings. That's why I said this This trade's a win-win. Uh, the Red Wings get a guy in Jacob Verana who's coming off a career high. He's an RFA. They can do what they want with him and kind of mold him into what they want. Uh, he's only a year younger than Mantha, so it's not like it's a huge age discrepancy. And then they get a vet like uh, Richard Ponick who can come in and fill a role right away and however long they want him to. And then a couple draft picks they can throw into the lottery and hope they get a, a winning ticket. But uh, so far, it's uh, I think it's a win-win for both teams. Max, uh, quickly, who's your winner and who's your loser for the day 
Oh. Man, you know what? I like, I really liked what a couple of teams did, and I hate giving the Toronto Maple Leafs more credit than they deserve and more airtime because they're talked about so damn much. But I love what you guys did at the deadline here, Clark. I really like Nick Felino as a hockey player, and I just love the fit. Uh, we've obviously talked many, many a time about how it's time for the Leafs not to go after the fancy acquisition, to go after the guy that can really fill a role, that can that can be a contributor on a cup contender and provide leadership, provide chipping on offense, do all these little things. I love the Nick Felino acquisition for the price. And if Riley Nash comes back and, and plays a role as well uh, for a conditional seventh round pick, oh man, you guys are made in the shade. And Ben Hutton, did anyone see the video circulating of him doing the <laughs> lip syncing with Barbie Girl? That guy's just a ton of fun. You pick up some goaltending depth in David Riddick. Uh, we'll talk with Paul about it a lot more, but I, I'm absolutely enamored with what Kyle Dubas and Brandon Pridham were able to pull off. And that's the guy that is the unsung hero of your deadline is Brandon Pridham. Don't, for, don't forget Lawrence. He did. Don't forget oh. Lawrence Gilman. He literally wrote the rules on the CBA and he's on staff too. So. Oh, really? That's an interesting thing. Hey, so how have you guys not won a playoff round? Like since the CBA okay, came into effect. Okay. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, that's my last <laughs> job. I'm done. Um, for the opening. Who's, your, who's your loser, Max? You have a loser. I think the Winnipeg Jets did not do enough here, especially when we're evaluating the North Division. We'll maybe talk about the other divisions a little later in the show in terms of what they did. But in terms of the North Division, Jordy Ben is not the pickup that you need to solidify the decor in terms of competing for the in whatever it is, the top four spots, first round, second round. The Winnipeg Jets did not do enough here. They're one or two injuries away from being a very paltry team. Uh, we saw it with Blake Wheeler. He's been out. They've kind of struggled to really get any sort of momentum going. They're kind of one game here, one game there without him. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets and Kevin Sheveldayoff did not do enough to keep pace in the North Division, I do believe. Well, that's good. I'm going to say my my winner, a, secret, a sneaky little one. I'm going to say the New York Islanders. I'd love to say my Leafs, but you already did. So you gave me enough. Uh, you pumped my, pumped my tires a little bit. So I'm going to say welcome. New York Islanders. They went out and did their work early. They got Kyle Palmieri and Travis Ajak for next to, to me, next to nothing. Uh, and mm-hmm. then they go out and get Braden Coburn as well for a depth defenseman. I think that's a sneaky good trade deadline. Uh, Lou Lamorello, what can you say? Uh, but my loser today is the Buffalo. Still got it. My loser is the Buffalo Sabers. I hate to say it. I hate to. I hate to dig their grave even more. But uh, when when you go out and you get undervalued for numerous players and returns, uh, you know it's hard to really see what their future is. And I hate again. I hate to keep digging their hole. But uh, I don't know. I just I didn't see. Uh, any trades that really made me think, okay, this is what they're doing now. This is where they're going. I, I, it's going to be a big summer for them because they have a lot of questions to answer. That's where I'll leave it you, at. Uh, you know my thoughts on Kevin Adams and the work he's done the last few days. It's not been good, but I didn't have enough time to go into that, so we'll talk about it later. But yeah, we have, <laughs> I'm with you. We have a couple other notes that I want to get to, but Max, I think we're going to skip that in the top, from the last couple things at the top of the order. We're going to skip our Vigor fan vote for now. Let's come back to it because I want to go to a break. Paul Hendrick is ready. Jordan, I think he's ready to go in the back there. Yeah, I heard a yep. (laughs) And uh, as we're getting used to our new confines, we're going to head to a break, and we'll be right back with the great Paul Hendrick. See you after the break. Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. Stunning graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. 
Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. BDG, always delivering the best fan experience. IKS Live. IKS Live. Western Canada's premier production services company. LED. LED sign rentals. Video. Video production. Event, event management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website. IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. I think we're good. I think we're good. Again, we're working out a few kinks, but we're good to go. Thank you, Jordan, for maneuvering through that and navigating our way through that. Uh, just a couple of comments before we get to our, uh, our special guest for the evening. Uh, we got Wayne Grolo. He's saying a team that may surprise is the Winnipeg Jets. They could beat some teams since they bolstered their defense with Jamie Benn. So there you go, Max. Wayne Grolo sort of disagrees with you a little bit, uh, which is fine. Everyone's due to, uh, you know, allowed to have their own opinions. Uh, Chad Isaac is saying, so today's breaking news was that the Memorial Cup was cancelled, but how could you even have play it with no playoffs and the OHL not playing? Uh, we all kind of expected this news to happen. Uh, it's super unfortunate, but there's too many things going on right now that it just doesn't really make sense, and we all kind of saw that one coming, unfortunately. Uh, it's terrible news that we all saw coming, uh, so I hate, to, I hate to say it that way. Now this one's interesting from Jamie Anstey, our good buddy Jamie from Halifax. Uh, Jamie says Chris Johnston uh, just confirmed seven days for Nash and Felino will join the team during next week's road trip. Now, it's making Jamie's making it seem like Nash as well is joining the team on the road trip, which to me, I thought he was out till playoffs. So I'm wondering if Jamie just typed that in wrong. Jamie's known to type some stuff in wrong every once in a while. So we'll maybe hold on to that one for later. Uh, but hey, what do you think, Max? I think it's time to go to our special guest for the night. What do you think? Absolutely. All right. Our first guest tonight has been on my list for this show specifically since day one. Max, I texted you before we even started the show, and I said, I want to get this guy eventually. We got him. And what better time to get him than just following the trade deadline and during a Leafs game? Uh, so honestly, thank you for joining us tonight, Paul. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, the host of the First Question podcast and, of course, Maple Leafs reporter for a very long time, Paul Hendrick joins us. Paul, thank you for joining us again during a Leafs game, nonetheless. 
Yes, guys, uh, a pleasure. Thanks very much. Always willing to talk hockey, uh, Leaf hockey specifically, anytime, any month of the year. So tonight's as good a time as any. Well, that's my kind of guy. First off, I guess uh, you're probably watching the game just like most of us are. What are your thoughts right now on David Riddick's debut as a Leaf uh, and how the game's kind of going right now? Uh, it's it's interesting. They're playing a Flames team that obviously, I hate the term playing for next year. They're just playing for now. Um, they played in Montreal last night. Uh, no excuses. I think Toronto is by far the best team in this division, uh, although uh, any game is going to be tough. That uh, certainly includes the basement dwellers in Ottawa. You, there, there's parity in the National Hockey League. And when you play any other team nine to ten times a year, the games are going to be predictably tight. Uh, there's no need to scout any which way. Everyone knows how to play each other. So I'm not surprised uh, Calgary's playing as well as they are. It's not very exciting hockey. Uh, but from a Leaf perspective, great to get a goaltender of David Riddick's caliber to back up uh, Jack. Uh, not knowing where Freddie Anderson is going to be when all is said and done. But I think there's enough talent up front, especially defensively, uh, that whether it be Campbell or Riddick for the long term, that the Leafs should be in pretty good shape. Um, we'll see where it goes from there and, and what the long-term health of Anderson is right now. Uh, Leaf management is saying he's good to go. Uh, eventually, um, we'll see if that actually happens. And uh, fingers crossed, if you're a Leaf fan, that Freddie is able to go because I think they might need him. Absolutely. Uh, now, we'll get more into the trade deadline and this season and everything going on with the team. But, uh, Paul, first of all, it didn't take you very long to launch your podcast following your announcement uh, that you were leaving Leafs TV. Can you just talk about the first question podcast? That's what it's called. Uh, mm -hmm. How did that get started and how much have you been just enjoying it? It's a lot of work, as you guys know, and especially when it's just one being me uh, booking the guests, doing the research, because we go from 40 to 45 minutes of time, and I'm not going to waste any of my guest time uh, with, with uh, just lame questions, so to speak. I really dig deep to get uh, information done. That could mean reading a book or two. It's usually meaning a, a lot of phone calls. Um, but it's so rewarding that when uh, you know we, re we hit record and away we go, um, that it's as interesting as it is. I want to get more women on. Uh, so far, I've just had Sammy Joe Small on, uh, but I do have uh, Madeline Schmidt, uh, who's going to the Olympics uh, in, in paddling for Canada later on this summer. What sacrifices she and her boyfriend, who's also going to the Olympics uh, in that category, uh, just what they've put in. So that's coming up in a few weeks. Um, and as well, uh, just trying to book the guests and getting them on board uh, to, to give me basically an hour of their time. So um, it was hard to get off the horse last July. Uh, this has been a nice transitionary move. And uh, the best part of what we do, as you guys know, is the opportunity to to talk, meet people, uh, and get to hear their side of the story. And it's it's a lot of fun. So it's allowed me to keep my feet wet, even though I'm not at the rink on a day-to-day -day basis like I used to be for, well, the last 25 years. Absolutely. And, you know, this is one question I've had for you, Paul. I, I, I'm very interested to hear the story, but you're very well known for your time as a Leafs reporter, as a media mm -hmm. scrum uh, extraordinaire, if you will. Uh, as you always ask the first question, which is where your podcast name comes from. And I was very curious, when did that start for you? And was it something at the beginning that was enjoyable? Or was it like a nerve-wracking thing for you uh, for being always the first one out of the shoot? 
Well, it, it basically started 10, 11 years ago when Ron Wilson was coaching. And the team, you know, as we know, has gone through some rough, rough spots. And this might have been in a spot where they had not made the playoffs for seven or eight years consecutively. And, and, I, and I remember a particular night in Florida where I think the Leafs were beaten 6-7-1. And it was like the third, fourth consecutive loss. And, and Ron just looked over to me. Please, let's get this conversation headed in a a comfortable direction for him. Because what, what could he say? I mean, he, he could have crapped all over the entire team and the effort he was getting from them. Peter Horacek several years later gave it the the old give a shit meter uh, <laughs> where he got none of it on that particular night. But this was during a time, of course, where the Leafs were uh, working their way toward eventually getting Austin Matthews. So it all paid off. Um, but it, it happened back in the Ron Wilson era and Ron just looking for help and, and me basically throwing him a lifeline and, and just dictating or guiding which way the, the, the scrum could go. All the questions were asked. Um, but it was a way of starting things. And on a lot of nights, especially on the road when the scrums are uh, not as big with uh, our traveling media, it's not easy to get things going when you've lost game seven on May 13th, 2013 to the Boston Bruins, having been up 4-1 with 10 minutes and 42 seconds to play in the third period. Somebody's got to get it started. I've been around long enough, and, and I just think that the players and coaches that you talk to, if they know respect is coming one way it's going to come back the other way and and often that came on me so uh, and it just evolved into that uh, especially with the leave public relations people just saying hey just take a look over to the right to Henny he's going to have a question to get things started and and we'll be in good shape so that's basically where it came from and and there were some tough nights you ask the tough questions uh, but if you can ask them with respect you're going to get the answer that uh uh, you will get. Uh, you don't have to be a keyboard blogger uh, with a fake name on Twitter and, and come up with all these punk-ass comments, yet not ever show your face on a regular basis in an NHL dressing room to back it up. Uh, we have to be there on a regular basis, and I just think it's a, it's a science, and not exactly an exact science, but I think it just comes down to respect for who you're talking with and uh, and the respect that's accorded both ways. But uh, initially, answer this long-winded uh, answer on behalf of your question, Ron uh, Wilson, about 2010. I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, I, mm -hmm. I just forgotten about Game 7, and you brought it back into my memory. So now I'm thinking about it again. But <laughs> that's okay. We'll get through it. We'll get yeah. through it together. Uh, now, Paul, I'm where, uh, Max is having an issue or two with his side. So I'm going to take over a little bit, and I'll uh, ask you his question. And his first question for you was that he'd want to – he wanted to hear your thoughts on maybe a letter grade for Kyle Dubas on this trade deadline uh, with how the season has progressed. Do you think he accomplished everything mm -hmm. he would want to accomplish? I can't imagine uh, that his letter grade would be too bad on this one. But uh, in terms of the whole management group, uh, what do you think about this deadline specifically? Well, if you look at it on any, you know, a short-term grading basis, uh, it, no less than an A minus. I mean, he he hit all of the bases or touched all of the bases that he wanted to do. I think Nick Foligno was a hell of a find. You know, the first thing I think of when these players are brought in, 
not the talent. What kind of person are they? What kind of character are they? Nick Foligno's at the very top of the scale. Uh, his brother Marcus is as well. Um, his father, of course, they're just quality, quality people. Uh, and he's going to help the Leafs immensely. Uh, Riddick, the same thing. Uh, they had to get some help. With all due respect to Michael Hutchinson, they had to get some legitimate help on a consistent basis to help back up Jack Campbell. And and I think they did that. Uh, and you can look on, you guys were talking about Ben Hutton. I mean, another character guy, but 375 NHL games as a defenseman under his belt. That's a nice safety net to have to bolster what they've already had. And I know a year ago in that bubble, when Jake Muzzin went down, uh, the opportunity for Toronto to, to do anything was absolutely gone. There are just too many dominoes. Morgan Riley was playing um, with a lower body injury that was okay, but had really never re healed, dating back to the previous October. Um, you know, we, we look at that Connor McDavid dangle on him coming off the bench and everyone thinking, oh, Connor, you're great. Well, you are great. But uh, <laughs> number 44 for the Leafs was so not ready to accommodate him in terms of what he can do moving laterally from left to right. We knew it was going to happen as soon as he came off the bench uh, because Morgan Riley just was not physically ready to compete. And although he got better as the year progressed um, on that particular night, he was nowhere near and certainly not where he wanted to become the playoffs. Now he's one of a group of seven, eight guys that are all healthy. Uh, and that's why uh, I like what the Leafs possibly can do, at least to come out of the North. We'll see beyond that. Um, but to get back to your question, I think Kyle did a hell of a job. We'll uh, grade it. Most of these guys are all unrestricted free agents. So uh, that's another great thing and something to build around that core of elite forwards that they have. Um, it's hard to compare to what the rest of the league who can compete with those four forwards. There's a few teams, but not many. So uh, I'll give Kyle no worse than an A minus. And, and one thing that, uh, you know, as a Leafs fan myself, uh, a lot of people texted mm -hmm. me after the deadline was over and said, oh, haha, ha, the Leafs have no picks now. And uh, one thing I, I'm, I'm very quick to point out is that they've had, I think it's 27 picks over the last three drafts. Uh, they have quite yeah. a deep prospect pool, Paul, and none of them left on this trade deadline. They maintained their entire no. prospect pool. Uh, would you say that that's a pretty good accomplishment as well for that management staff? Yeah, and, and you know, several years back, it was important for us, especially when I was at Leafs TV, to go to the draft because uh, the club had so many picks. But where you get yourself into a spot is your young talent, your draft picks that you developed are all producing, and now you're able to expend some picks. It's just the regular cut you know course um, way of progressing as a franchise the Leafs are at point and able to give up on some of those uh, keeping Nick Robertson I think was huge uh, Rasmus Sandin left hand D huge um, you know Lindgren on the other side a right-handed shot huge like there's all these different spots that they were able to keep and and maintain and continue to develop by the way uh, with the fine work that uh, Lawrence Gilman and his staff with the Toronto Marlies are doing uh, because they're going to get their chance uh, another year of pro hockey albeit at the American Hockey League level which is just an outstanding place to learn and then get ready to make your mark as a lot of the other guys have done Travis Dermott Justin Hall products of a 2018 Calder Cup championship team and fit in with the elite group that includes a Tavares, 
a you know a Willie Nylander and of course Mitch and Austin and and build from there. So the fact that they were able to keep all those guys fine, I know they've only got what like four picks in the next couple of drafts, but that's okay. Um, you can also sign some pretty prominent free agents out of Europe, and and the Leafs are are heavily invested in European free agents. It didn't quite work out as well uh, this year with a couple of the guys they brought over. Uh, you know, both are now since gone, having been traded. But you pay, it takes your chances. And uh, uh, with the core that they've got, I think this Leaf team, at least for the next three years or so, uh, are going to be interesting to watch. And they've got a shot. they just got to make sure they're good defensively and that their goaltending's intact because the, uh, the core up front is elite, elite. Yeah, and, and one thing I'll build on that, you mentioned the European free agents, and we won't go too deep into that, mm -hmm. but Barabanov and Lettinen came over. They mm -hmm. still were able to find them a spot where they could have a role as well. So good on them to find those guys a spot where they can probably have a nice role on a team that they go to the Sharks for Barabanov and the Blue Jackets for Lettinen. Uh, we're getting into the North Division now. Uh, and, you know, we're, we just talked about the Leafs and how well they set themselves up. Uh, I believe I've heard you say in the past on our father's show, the Rod Peterson show, which is upstairs, mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, this is probably the best chance since you've been covering the team, Paul, that they might be able to you know, make a bit of a run. Uh, so yeah. what do you think about their chances right now, just within the division specifically, uh, going forward and into the playoffs? I, I thought even without the additions on deadline day or just prior to it, that they were probably good enough to win the North Division. I'm not talking run away with them. The Winnipeg Jets are a hell of a hockey team. The Edmonton Oilers have got some liabilities, but they're a hell of a hockey team as well. In Montreal, as we know, if they get the goaltending, uh, and they always play Toronto tough, uh, it's it's going to be a difficult first out uh, for the Leafs in the opening round of the playoffs. But all things considered, uh, they don't have to go through Tampa. They don't have to go through Boston through the first couple of rounds. Now uh, they've got a chance to get to the final four. You get to the final four, uh, especially given how hard those other divisions are going to be in battling each other head to head through the first couple of rounds. You don't know who's going to come out of that healthy and who's not going to be healthy. It's a wide open game. The Leafs and their management obviously realize that and and went all in and, uh, and, and added, I think, given who was available, the the correct pieces and they're ready and loaded to go that defense if able to stay healthy and you know we haven't heard much of morgan riley this year it tells you all you need to know with how well things are doing um tg brody who i i don't want to say is underappreciated but he just plays a very sublime game um justin hall who he's evolved into uh, a second second grouping defenseman uh, just a great skater but a guy who has paid his dues he's in his late 20s but he has played paid his dues and playing alongside jake muzzin who brought uh, that stanley cup pedigree from the los angeles kings i think they're in great shape and then bogosian another stanley cup travis Dermott, young man 23 years of age uh, maybe 24 now as of last december but just young uh and now you stick in ben hutton to help things out that that to me i think is going to be a key regardless of whether it's campbell anderson or riddick in net i just think the supporting cast up front is so much better and they're playing better inside their own zone so They've got a great opportunity to go to the NHL Final Four and not have to worry about a whole bunch of teams. Um, and if they're able to get that far, let's just wait and see how things go. This is as close as they all have been in, what, 19 years? And that team that lost to Carolina in the conference final in 2002 
was so beat up. They were just exhausted. They had nothing left in the tank. And uh, had they had a chance, I guess, to go to the next round against Detroit, it probably would have been in four straight, just given how beaten up they were at that point in time, uh, playing nothing but seven-game series to get to that point in time. Right, yeah. And I think it sounds like they're working on it in the back. Max, you hang tight because I know you have a couple questions. I'm going to save Max's specific questions for you, Paul. And we might be able to get to them. If not, I'm going to steal them. But, uh, you know, just sure. you mentioned the defensive group and you mentioned TJ Brody. And just about a week ago now, he scored his first goal as a Leaf. And the first thing I saw multiple times on Twitter was you interviewing TJ Brody as I think he was a 12-year-old yeah. at a Leafs event. Uh, can you just talk about how special that memory is for you now that he's on the team? And kind of, I don't Have you spoken to him since? I'm assuming you have since maybe he's joined the yeah. team. No, not since joining the team, but we talked about it when he played for Calgary. In fact, uh, we let uh, Flames TV know about it and lent them the video, and they'd never heard of it. But it was one of those uh, times, uh, the Leaf Skills competition back then used to attract 17 to 18,000 fans, and, and that particular Sunday, there were about that many at Air Canada Centre. And they had a, a portion of their morning event before the big event that was for minor Kids who played minor hockey, and TJ came from Chatham, uh, was able to win that particular contest. You know, with a couple of kids firing pucks out to him, not necessarily Brian McCabe or Thomas Caberlet, but anyway, he won it. But he came out of there, and and it's interesting. He's just so calm and cool. He was that way as an 11-year-old on that particular day. And, and just the opportunity to hit those targets. And Joe Bowen, the voice of the team, he and I were co-emceeing the event. And uh, Joe's calling the play-by-play -play on the ice. And uh, then I get a chance, and this little kid comes over, and he didn't have much to say, nor does he now. He's he's not, not comfortable in front of a camera. He's just indifferent. Um, but he was... You know, he was able to talk about it, but you remember a guy like T.J. Brody. That's that's a name you never forget. And I remember when he eventually got into the National Hockey League, uh, it was something I, I, you know, I said, make sure we hold on to this video. And when the Leafs were able to acquire him, I let Leafs TV know last year, hey, look somewhere uh, in our library because we've got that the day he signed with the Leafs. And sure enough, he did. And I think the thing picked up something like 75,000 views um, but it's kind of neat to see how it all comes full circle. And as you guys know, as you get older, uh, that full circle gets a little tighter. And for TJ, here we are all of a sudden. But we think of all the things that Kyle and Dubas has done to make this team better. That, maybe more than anything, uh, has been the biggest addition to the hockey club, the acquisition of TJ, what it has meant to Morgan Riley's play, and settle down the rest of the uh, other pairings as the least play on a game-to-game -game basis yeah I've said that a few times I've uh, very much appreciated TJ's play this year uh, the amount of two-on-ones that he's broken up by falling on the ice or using his stick or whatever I've stick. I've been blown away and the fact that he got his first goal and that all kind of came back is awesome uh, now the the glory of being a Leafs fan who I, I have a minor media role if you will but uh, I always get text messages from my other Leaf friends Leaf fan friends, and this one comes from Mike, uh, and it's not necessarily a question for you, but I'm going to bring it up because I think it's relevant. Uh, Leafs power play is beyond awful. 
why don't they try different guys? <laughs> so there's a text from Mike yeah. uh, in Regina. And, you know, it's they're minus two or something in their last 34, 35 power plays. Uh, Paul, what yeah, do you, are they just snake bitten? Goals. Yeah, is, are they just snake bitten or, like, I've, I've been watching. I've, I've been seeing Austin Matthews been, he's, his frustration shows at times where he's getting great shots and the goalie gets over and makes a save or whatever. So what do you think needs to get done? Do they just need to get some sort of witchcraft and wizardry on their side? I think you've just got to go and play. They've got enough talent. I remember talking to uh, Mike Keenan about that great power play the Rangers had. I, and, and you always think, okay, and they had Brian Leach on the point and a whole bunch of stars up front. But even it got bad for a long time uh, before eventually they were able to turn things around and, in fact, that year win a Stanley Cup. I do know what would be great. Morgan Riley's a great hockey player. He's not necessarily blessed with a great shot. If they had a, could you imagine a Shea Weber shot like that from a point where uh, you have to respect that and close the gaps on him, which in turn opens things up down low. They know the Leafs don't really have one. And on many occasions, especially we've seen it on five on threes where uh, Sheldon's gone with five forwards and the point man being um, Mitch Marner, not a great slapper or anything like that. He can certainly get it off. But teams have just bunched up down low really made things crowded and even before the puck can get to the goaltender you've got a whole slew of bodies that it's got to get through just because defensively the pk doesn't really have to respect the shot up front and they're just really trying to take away the sidewalls and and those one-timers whether it be willie or austin or whoever they are but if you're john Tavares in the middle trying to to be the f1 as they refer him in the uh leaf offensive power play scheme um, it's tough to get him the puck just given the amount of sticks and bodies down low in the slot because of the recognition that there's not a really decent decent shot from the point but that's okay not every team has that and uh, they've just got to find a way so uh, you know to uh, to our good friend out in Regina uh, there's enough talent on this team and I think it's going to find its way uh, although you'd like to see them score maybe four four goals in every 10 opportunities. Uh, other teams are good. They know how to defend against this. And, and the power play, per se, uh, is is uh, not going to be as successful. I'll tell you, uh, their penalty kill has been improved and heading toward the postseason. I might take a penalty kill before I take a power play because I think the power play is going to take care of itself more often than not. But that penalty kill was just atrocious up until a couple of weeks ago. I'll, uh, I'll pass that along to Mike. Just keep the faith. Now, Max, I got a text from our director, Jordan. Can you hear now? He is a miracle worker, I tell you. It's, uh, it's good to chat with you, Paul. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Uh, very happy to be involved in this conversation, but I tell you what, no bigger Leafs fan I know than to uh, enjoy this chat with. Um, I got one for you. Just being obviously a longtime reporter of the team, I'm wondering if there is maybe one or two memorable trade deadline acquisitions that really generated otherworldly buzz in the city of Toronto that you can remember in your time covering the team. Yeah, and I'll tell you, one that stands out in particular was we were out in Calgary. Uh, we had three days off between the Edmonton game and the Calgary game and uh, the acquisition of Doug Gilmore. Uh, and again, it, it was just, you know, at the end of Doug's career, um, he he played two nights later and, you know, ran into uh Dave Lowry, Adam's uh, father, 
in a shift, and it was just an innocent collision, but I think it was three minutes, 40 seconds, uh, and that was it. And I remember him and Dave Griffiths, the team's uh, travel secretary, the two of them walking down that dark corridor toward the team bus, and there's Dougie and Crutches. And the sad part about that was I think the following Monday or Tuesday, the Leafs were to to have played, and it would have been just incredible to have Doug coming out onto the ice, much like it was Wendell um, in, I think, I think his second return, and just how much they mean to Leafs Nation and not being able to see that. But for the time being, knowing that uh, Doug was going to be a Leaf was extremely exciting. And the other was a pre, pre-trade deadline deal, and I was playing beer league hockey well it wasn't beer league it was sunday morning shinny that we always played up in brampton ontario just north of toronto and um a, a guy in the stands just yelling out at me recognized who i wasn't hey dion Phaneuf's a maple leaf and and that major major trade that saw dion come to toronto um with a few other guys and you know matt stajan and company heading west of mayors ian white uh that that was huge and just the uh, legitimacy of, of, of having Dion uh, come, and he was a polarizing figure while in Toronto, but he always busted his tail. Uh, he was in a tough spot, and much of the time, just given the fact that the team wasn't as good as the one we're seeing now, obviously, but he was always there uh, up front in front of the media and always and always great to me, and uh, he was a tremendous captain. I'm a big fan of Dion. So I think the, the signing or the, the acquisition of Doug Gilmore and, uh, and then Dion two of the bigger bigger deals on deadline day and prior to deadline day that uh, I look back upon. Brings back a lot Fantastic. of memories. Yeah, bring back, brings back a lot of memories. Uh, we have a yeah. fan question here, Paul, and this is from Ian Crosby in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Uh, Ian uh-huh. asks, boys, what are the Canucks going to do here? Why not play with a B squad and hope for a higher draft pick? Is there more to it, or is it is it more complicated than that? So that's from Ian. Uh, Paul, from, from what you've heard in the industry, uh, it sounds like the Canucks are going to be coming back, I believe, Thursday or Friday this next mm-hmm. week. Um, or this week, I guess, uh, now that we're into this week. Uh, what do you think the Canucks, how are they going to approach the rest of the season? It can't be an easy one. E- no, and, and if you're players, you play you play every game to win. You're not thinking about next year. You play every game to win. Uh, I know when the Leafs ended up in last place in the 15-16 season, it was much along those lines. But boy, oh boy, I think things were tailored toward not getting getting really good. Uh, you know, you score a couple of goals, you might end up being sent down to the Marlies for, for a few games um, because they wanted to get Austin. I mean, that was a good play. Um, but as far as Jim Benning is concerned and, and you know, Travis, uh, you know, he, he, you're professionals. You've got to work hard. Plus, they haven't played in a couple of weeks. These guys want to want to uh, uh, show something toward the end of the season, uh, you know, regardless of, of COVID and, and all that went with it, they're pretty much entrenched where they are now. Um, I'm not sure what that's going to mean in terms of a draft pick for them, but you've got to go out and play. You've got to be professional. You've got a fan base that wouldn't expect anything less, and I know a lot of people you know, on their keyboards and, and all that sort of thing, um, you know, armchair quarterbacks sort of, sort of speak and bloggers, hey, let's just bottom out and get the best possible player and there might be something to be said for that but if you're putting on that uniform and going behind that bench um, you're not mailing anything in so they're going to give it their best and, and they're going to be tough but it's it's not going to be easy 
given how long they've been out of the fight and knowing that the rest of the season is all but done and you kind of want to come through that relatively unscathed so that you're ready to attend training camp next fall good and ready to go and uh, getting Canuck hockey back to where it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one one question, a couple more for you. We'll let you go right away. Uh, ending on more of a lighter note, uh, you've interviewed quite a few members of the Maple Leafs over the years uh, on the ice, uh, up in the front office, uh, behind the bench, uh, coaches, players, management. Who have been some of your favorites? And let's go with this. Uh, it, maybe don't play too much favorites because I know I don't want to get you in trouble with anybody, but uh, one of your favorite players to interview or, or speak with, coaches and general managers that you've, you've talked to over the years, uh, who would be among your favorites? Uh, Alan McCauley, just because of uh, just what a great guy he is, how articulate he is. Uh, you really put some effort into your questions, knowing that the answers coming back are going to be great. Uh, Tom Fitzgerald, now general manager in New Jersey, same thing. Outstanding, outstanding. As far as head coaches are concerned, uh, Pat Quinn's always got a huge place in my heart. Paul Maurice was absolutely class. Um, Ron Wilson, uh, I, I, I know he wasn't a big fan of a lot of the media in the Toronto area, but uh, he was very good to me, uh, and I was good to him. Uh, but these are all special people, and I'm missing some people along the line. Uh, but Paul Maurice, Ron Wilson, Pat Quinn, they really stand out. And, you know, the late Pat Burns as well. He's the first coach that I uh, worked with um, when I started covering the team. And Burnsy was another character. It scared me to death initially. Uh, <laughs> but once you get to know him, uh, you know he's he's harmless and uh he was just an outstanding gentleman besides being a great coach absolutely um max do you have any more for for paul i have one more kind of just to end it off but do you have anything else max uh you know what honestly take your last question my friend once again paul thank you very much for bearing with me through the audio issue what i did catch of the interview it's fantastic and uh, i look forward to catching up with you next time we have the opportunity to speak so thank you for your time yeah, thank you, Max. And I like you wrapping uh, the Preds. A great town, great organization, tremendous hockey thank team you. as well. I hope somewhere along the line that they get to win a Stanley Cup because those fans down there deserve it. It's just, it's, it's not the epicenter of hockey, but boy, oh boy, it's not far off. Much so, appreciated. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So we, we now you talk about the Predators. They're in the Central Division. Uh, we talk about the Leafs. They're in the North mm -hmm. Division. Uh, Jordan, bring bring Paul back. We're not done yet. <laughs> there we go. Uh, now, let's, we talked earlier about you know the Leafs having a great chance to get out of the North. If you were to pick a winner from each division, Paul, right now, uh, who, uh, you know, maybe even give us a couple of names. You don't have to pick one specifically, but uh, if you were to pick kind of a generic top four going in, because I don't know how they're going to all be seeded, uh, but a top four going into the Stanley Cup Finals, who would you say? Uh, I think Toronto's got to be there because they're going to get a chance. Uh, you know, if I'm a Winnipeg Jets fan, I'm saying hell with you, Henny. But, you know, we've got a great chance, too. And, yeah, they, they certainly do. Same with Edmonton. Not certain about Montreal. But I, I'm going to say Toronto out of the north. Um, Colorado Avalanche were such a great team last year. But injuries, especially in that really took the toll on them. I'm a big Nassim Kadri fan. And, and if anyone can win a Stanley Cup that's not wearing blue and white north of the 49th. Uh, it would be Nazem. Uh, 
the Washington Capitals and the Tampa Bay Lightning, good heavens, both those teams. And now with Mantha going to Washington, I think he's just going to thrive in that environment, knowing that he doesn't have to be the guy. I know they haven't necessarily liked his entire game in Detroit. It's going to be so much off his shoulders just to go over and play, much like Phil Kessel did when he went to Pittsburgh. Um, but again, the Islanders in, in that group as well, just given how hard they play, their goaltending, uh, their balance in all four lines. So, okay, top four teams, <laughs> Colorado, Washington, Tampa, Islanders, Leafs. So that's more than four. That works. But I think Leafs would slot in behind that group. But you know what? Those other four teams that I've all mentioned, there's going to be a team coming out of there that's not going to advance. So it's, it's going to be a moot point regardless. Um, at least I've got a great chance of getting to the top four in that group, and then we'll go from there. I don't envy. Very solid I don't envy any team going into the playoffs in the East Division this year. I'll just say that because that's going to be no. a hard-fought <laughs> battle. There are some good teams over there. Paul, Division of death. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Paul, where can everybody find your podcast now, and uh, where can everybody follow along with what you're doing? It's uh, available on all podcast sites, and I've taken a bit of a break uh, just visiting some family, namely, namely my daughter. Uh, but we're coming back with, uh, I'm not going to say who, but we've got a, a renowned pugilist uh, and former Leaf coming on in a couple of weeks. Uh, and then uh, another as well beyond that. And then Madeline Schmidt will be in early May as uh, we get a side of the Olympians as they get ready. Just a whole other side away from hockey, and I'm looking forward to taking the break from hockey uh, to seeing how these underappreciated athletes have sacrificed so much to get where they've got. They're educated, they're articulate, and they're extremely talented. Um, I'm looking to that story. She, by the way, is from Ottawa. So uh, lives a lot out in Victoria, Halifax as well, uh, and that should be a good story. But that's coming up. But anywhere in any of uh, the the uh, podcast sites you'll find the first question perfect the first question you can find it there paul will be following along and thank you for joining us tonight i'm not going to spoil what happened in the game i just got the notification on my phone i'll let you get it i'll let you check it out yourself but uh thank you for tuning in and uh we'll hopefully talk again soon thanks so much paul <laughs> i just found out you just found thank out you <laughs> all right and that guest of course was all brought right. to you by our good friends over at iks media paul hendrick what a beauty what a gem thank you again mm -hmm. for coming on paul uh, iks media is your number one destination for live event planning broadcasts entertainment video screens and so much more whl hub cities i might say uh here in regina saskatchewan and uh, all across western canada uh, but they are always the best seat in the house iks media max we have another special guest coming in in just a few seconds can you guess who Oh, super, super excited, my friend. We're going to talk some hoops. The one thing I do have to say to wrap that up is, I know we say it after a few of our very, very good guests. That is one we definitely have to have back on, just for my own selfish sake. <laughs> well, yeah, you want to have more of a chance to ask him some questions. Uh, and I hey, think, you know what? Director Jordan did a great job back there. Thanks for getting me involved, Jordan. Greatly appreciated. I think he converted you a little bit, Max. I think you're slowly coming over to the dark side. Uh, he's, he's a good guy, and man, I could listen to him talk all day. I really could. Same here. That's why he was one of my first ones on my list. I'm telling you. I know a thing or two. But we're going to come back. We got Habib coming, on, coming in right off the set. Uh, we got some basketball talk. The Corner 3 coming up for Hoop Life Basketball. See you in a couple minutes. Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. 
stunning graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. DDG, always delivering the best fan experience. IKS Live. IKS Live. Western Canada's premier production services company. LED. LED sign rentals. Video. Video production. Event, event management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website. IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. Welcome back. Check it out. We got a guest. Habib is back from Hoof Life Basketball. Habib, how you doing? Good, bro. How are you? Not too bad. I'm doing pretty well. How do you like the new uh, the new confines? I love it, man. Bit more room. Yeah. <laughs> High ceilings. We could probably have a game of hoops. I was just going to say, let's get a net rolled in. And... All right, Max. We got a new project. We got to get a hoop in here. We got to play some basketball. <laughs> let's uh, do it. So we have... Yeah, Max says Max is agreeing. Uh, we have a new thing that we started last time. Andrew was on with us. Okay. Uh, the corner three from Hoop Life. So these are going to be three uh, kind of hot topic basketball topics going on right now. Uh, you guys have that ready in the back? Can we throw it up? Do we have it ready to go on the TV screens? Not yet. We'll talk through it. Um, the NBA has been kind of crazy the last little while. The trade deadline just happened not too long ago. Uh, the All-Star game was a little while back now, but overall, like, what are your thoughts on how the kind of that league shake down after the trade deadline? What are your, did anybody surprise you? Um, like Lowry didn't leave. Yeah, that was, that was a shock. I'm actually happy though. Like he just let him retire as a Raptor, man. He yeah. like gave everything he got in for him, for you guys to like ship him off somewhere just to find a younger guy. Like I understand that from the business point of view, but I think he brings such key leadership and just he's just that has that virgin mind for virgin mindset so to kind of keep going so um i really hope i really hope he they kind of figure stuff out on that end but yeah I'm, i wasn't really too shocked on it man what'd you think i i was a little surprised um just given where they are right now uh in their kind of cycle you know you're good and then you kind of come down and uh, the fact that they have Malachi Flynn and Fred Van Fred, I always struggle. Fred, Fred Van Vliet, <laughs> yeah. uh, coming up. Uh, you know they traded away Norm Powell. They traded away a few of their other guys. 
uh, around the fringe of the team. I, I just thought it was kind of the, it seemed like they were gearing up for it. Yeah. And I don't know if they had something in place and they're just like, you know what, never mind, or maybe it wasn't enough of a return. Because uh, I, I, I can't remember who it was who said it, Habib, but somebody told me, or somebody uh, said in a quote in the media, like, it, it hurts your legacy more if you get traded for not enough. So I was like, so if Kyle Lowry goes out and gets traded for a second round pick or yeah, something. Yeah, 100%. That's going to take a hit. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes him look worse, yeah. too. So but maybe that was part of it. They won with that Gary Trent Jr. trade. Yeah, so that's number one. We got, we got the corner three up now. You can see it on your screen yeah. in front of you, Habib. You can look at this one. I'll look at this one. Yeah. Uh, so Gary Trent, he comes in, uh, immediately makes of an impression, a good impression. Uh, but then he goes out the other night and drops 44. Uh, again, was, now, was that against his old team? No, because they, no, they played no. Portland not that long ago, but yeah. it wasn't against Portland. No, it wasn't against Portland. So can you tell me about Gary Trent, and is he your new favorite Raptor? I, man, it's so hard not to say he is because, first of all, I feel bad for the city of Portland. Um, I was actually reading some tweets, and they were saying that they just traded an older version <laughs> Like a younger version of Norman Powell. Yeah. So that's that really sucks. Because yeah. like now he's more expensive, but Gary just I think for they just needed a different scenery like to come yeah. in and really like ball out. And I feel like the whole city of Toronto just accepted him. And when he felt that love, he just went off. But yeah, who knew who knew he was gonna go off like this? <laughs> well, I didn't. And and it's interesting that you brought that up because uh, that was the first thing I thought of when I saw the 44 points. I was like, didn't they just trade Norm Powell to get this guy? And is this guy better than Norm Powell? So why would Portland trade him in the first place? So that was an interesting thought. Uh, your second point was that Draymond Green uh, had some comments recently on the WNBA wage gap. Uh, what was what were your thoughts on that? Okay, so. We were actually talking about this like all day. Um, and I think I know what he was trying to say, but he's definitely, definitely going about it the wrong way. Um, using words like complaining, uh, I think that's the whole point, like even like with, let's say like the whole Black Lives Matter movement and everything, any movement is just trying to raise awareness. So and, just to cut you off really quick, for those who might not have seen it, what, what, was, what was he trying to fight? Was he trying to fight for something? Was he, what was he trying to say? Yeah, no, he just said that he's kind of tired of uh, hearing them complain because it's doing them a disservice, oh, okay. right? So I think for him to use those words is just, it's kind of like out of pocket. Um, but I definitely know what he's trying to say. Like, I think, all these big corporations that are all about women's right uh, and equality and everything, they need to put their money where their mouth is, yeah. right? So I, I was literally just asking a bunch of my friends, I was like, when does the WNBA start? When does their season go to? No one could tell me. And these guys are like major, major basketball guys, yeah. right? So I, the, the NBA is injecting a lot of money. I think they're doing their absolute best to really, really put those put the league on the map. Um, but I think they got to just attack these big corporations because they obviously need more money to market them. And then the other thing is like, the NBA has been going on since it started back in 1946 or something like that. Um, and WNBA started back in 1996. So they've been out for like 30 years and NBA struggled at the start too, right? So I think there's going to be a long road and it's going to be really tough for people to say they deserve as equal or th that's not what they're even they're asking. They just need a pay raise, man. Pay these <laughs> damn ladies. Like. Yeah, exactly. And, and to build on that, then you saw 
at the NCAA tournament, the whole women's thing came out where the gyms weren't even close and the practice facilities weren't even close and the food, uh, <laughs> the, the I saw one that was even like their welcome package into the hotel. Yeah, it was just like the, half of the stuff. The boys got like a Nintendo <laughs> Switch and like uh, a bunch of gear from a bunch of different sponsors and the girls got like a scarf and some deodorant and a couple other things. And <laughs> I was socks like, or something like I was that. like, where's the, hold on now. <laughs> Isn't this the same tournament? Like what's going on? So I guess that's, that's not exactly it, but that's part of it. Yeah, too. no, it's in, and I think that I'm glad that happened because it showed a lot of people like there's a huge difference in this. Yeah. And maybe I'm, I'm, I'm super biased. Maybe it's cause I have, I have nieces that love sports. My uh, 10 year old niece is just like obsessed with soccer. She wants to play professional and um, for me, it's just like, I see that and you know how much I love Kobe and he was a huge advocate on getting the women's basketball on the map, right? right? For even for Gigi, Gigi was yeah. a hooper by the way. Yeah. And, and maybe it's cause I had a huge crush on Candace Parker growing up. <laughs> I think I a, mean, a lot of people did. <laughs> sure. So I, I don't even know what might be it, but it's just, it just comes to a point where it's just like, they're not, I know they're not asking as equal pay uh, but they're talented, man. Like, there's a lot of, like, uh, that girl Paige from UConn. Mm -hmm. That girl can hoop, man. Sue Bird. So oh, there's a lot, a lot of talented basketball players. But it's just, we got to market the crap out of them. Because at the end of the day, if you're not bringing revenue, you're not going to get paid. That's right? it. Yeah. So, demand, market demand, 100%. exactly. Max, I'm going to let you take number three on the corner three. I want to get you involved on this Number one, Max. Number three, hey? Yeah. Can Fantastic. you guys can we bring that Max up, great. or is that impossible right now? <laughs> they're they're working on some stuff, <laughs> making this thing flow down in the in the new in the new setup. I heard a smack. Uh, Max, maybe just say it. Just say it. Sounds good. And you know what? I, I want to switch things up a bit because I think we got a really good closer with your number three on the graphic. But I really want to get your thoughts on what the Jamal Murray injury does to the Denver Nuggets and Basketball Canada with some big tournaments coming there up this summer. There, um, there you go. What, uh, what does... What does the loss of Jamal Murray mean to the Denver Nuggets as they currently hold down fourth place in the Western Conference? To me, this is an irreplaceable component. I mean, I just want to know your thoughts on what we saw last night. Oh, did you hear that? I didn't hear it that. wasn't coming through. Okay, <laughs> so we'll, we'll work out some kinks. We got some stuff going on. Oh, he doesn't have his headphones on, that's why. It's fine, you know what, I'll repeat it, I'll repeat it. Basically, he's saying Jamal Murray. ACL. Oh, okay. Uh, Denver Nuggets are fourth right now. How do they overcome this? Can they overcome this? Or is this something that's going to sink them basically for the rest of the season? Yeah. Oh, that, and I, first of all, like, I feel so bad. Yeah. So bad for, especially because they're slowly figuring it out as a team. And just having a knee surgery, a knee injury like that, let's just, really sucks. Um, yeah. And yeah, like, they, uh, they got Monte Morris as backup. So the crappy thing about all that, getting Aaron Gordon, they got to, they had to send some guards away, right? Right. RJ Hampton, and so. Is it, it Gary Harris? It was, was he the other Gary one? Harris. And hey, I pay attention. <laughs> I pay attention. Yeah. So that really, really sucks. But I think, yeah, man, Michael Porter Jr. has to step up. Aaron Gordon is coming to a team that's young and energetic, and he just has to really fit in and be super, super supportive on that end. And. Yeah, Nikola has to just... I was going to say, just put Jokic at yeah, point guard. Yeah, just seriously, <laughs> though. Like, he can literally run the... Yeah. So, I think they'll be fine. They'll still be great playoff contenders, but when you got a team like Utah Jazz and 
you know, my beast Lakers in there. So it's going to be tough for them to kind of make it out. But because he, he just brought so much energy and like he's really being a leader. So it's just so sad to kind of have just to. Just bad, bad timing for everybody. Yeah. Uh, we got a fan question. Well, then, you know what? Let's finish up the corner three. Can we put the corner three graphic back up, Jordan, if you don't mind? If you're able to do so. Am I supposed to put this There it is. On? So on the other side, on your right elbow, just throw those headphones on. Oh, like then, yeah, then you can hear oh, okay, Max. Okay, worse, worse. So that's good. Your NBA Finals. We're going to get your predictions here. Now you'll be able to hear Max. Uh, we're going to get your predictions here. Who do you think will end up in the, the basically the final two, NBA Finals? Okay, NBA Finals. 100% Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers in the West. In the West. Uh, but, yeah, the Nets, man. Brooklyn. Like, has to be, right? Has to be. Yeah, has and to be. The only reason is because... Okay, did you watch them play the Lakers the other no, day? No, I missed it. Okay, so they actually lost. Kyrie got ejected because oh. him and Schroeder went at it. Um, I heard about this. Now you say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he went on Twitter and just went out a whole yeah. rant and stuff. Yeah. But, um, no, one thing that really stood out to me was, was just like the Lakers could really compete with these guys. Um, KD was back, and he didn't have any restrictions on his minutes or anything like that. Um, but they were just going at it, and Andre Drummond is such a great addition. I think last time I was on here, we were talking yes, about we he were. might be going on. And, he, yeah, he's just going to be big, and they need that big presence. And I remember watching this uh, meme, which is a meme because uh, Marcus Andre is saying that the, the reason why the Nets need him is because he'll help with their defense and stuff like that. And I think he's a horrible defender. So when you compare him to, like, Andre Drummond and... Anthony Davis, so like I think they'll have really good presence in the post, yeah. and so yeah, I, I think it's gonna be a really good final. But yeah, my Lakers are gonna take over. But. I like it. I don't hate that at all. That should be an interesting final, nonetheless. Now we got a fan question in here, Abib. Uh, it's from Chad, our buddy Chad Isaac, and he says, "What do you think of Zach Levine? And should have should have Chicago made any more moves to support him? The Bulls are very hit and miss." Just think there, there's the question on the screen for you there. Yeah. Uh, they're very hit and miss, and I think they're still a player or two away from being competitive. What are your overall thoughts on the Bulls this year? They're, yeah, this is such a really young, good team, man. Yeah. He, Zach Levine's just balling out of his mind right now, and he's really showing people there like he could be that leader. And they, they need to put guys around him. I think they need another star. They got to try, especially for next year, get rid of some guys, free up some cap space, and bring in a superstar like Chicago. That's, that's what Jordan played, man. That's, it's a huge basketball history, and I can't see why some big name not wanting to go there. Um, they got to do a good job of just supporting Zach, though. Like, he's, their, he's that gem that they have, and right. they can't lose it. And, like, he, well, how many points did he have just on one day? Like, you almost said, like, was it 50 or something? Yeah, like that? I think not too long ago. I feel like I remember hearing he got over 50 points. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, yeah. So, like, when you have a He's got young, it. He's got it. Yeah. yeah. When you have a young athlete like that, you need to find a way to put either veterans or just another stud around him because, or else it's just a waste. Just trade him. Like, yeah. go let him collect some rings somewhere else because there's no point of having him. But, yeah, that's a nice team. I'm excited to see what happens in the next year or two. Well, perfect. Thank you, Chad, for the question. Uh, Chad says the Bulls beat Brooklyn recently, too. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Gavin's checking in from TikTok. Gavin, hi. Uh, I forgot to go live on TikTok today. Oops. Um, but he's asking what my final four prediction for the NHL playoffs are. Gavin, hang tight. We'll get to that next segment. Um, but we have a little game for you, Habib, and I kind of mentioned it before. Uh, but 
Uh, there's this little thing, speaking of TikTok, I see it on TikTok all the time, and it'll pop up on your screen here in a sec. Uh, can we put up the Coach Habib's Legends lineup? So basically, you're going to have to pick a point guard, shooting guard, small forward. Well, Max put it backwards, but power forward, small forward, center. Uh, from these f upcoming five teams. Now, we randomly picked five teams, okay. uh, but I think you'll be okay with these five teams. So it can be from anybody. It can be any all-time. It can be current. It can be uh, from when you were 12. It can be from right. in the 80s, the 60s, whenever. Right, so let's, Matt, Alan, I'm going to let you randomize the team logos. Can you go ahead and put one of the team logos up for Habib? And you have to pick, you can only pick each position once. So that's the that's the, oh, that's shoot, the kicker. Okay. So the Spurs are up. It's hard to see on the on the logo there, but the Spurs are up first. Who would you take from the Spurs? Okay, so I don't get to see the other teams. It's just rap magic. Yeah. Okay, that's. All. I know the other teams, but I'm gonna keep you in the dark. <laughs> shoot. Yeah. All right. Uh, any player ever. Any player. All right. From the Spurs. That sucks. Cause what if like. I know that's the game. Mad. <laughs> <laughs> <Matt>. I know. Okay. <laughs> all right. I'll uh. I just can't pass up on this. I'm, I'm gonna have to go with my guy Timmy Duncan. Tim man. Duncan. So you're power forward, yeah, Tim power Duncan. Forward, yeah. Okay. Next logo. The Celtics. Jeez. No power forwards. No power. Any other position. <laughs> the Celtics. All time. Okay. I'll. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go with Bill Russell. Man. Bill Russell at center, right? Yeah, center. Got to go with the 12 rings, right? Yeah. 12, 12 rings. <laughs> yeah, can't go wrong. Great pick. Yeah. Great pick. Max agrees. Great pick. <laughs> Bill go. Russell. So next one, you got a power forward in the center. Miami Heat. Okay, I'm not gonna risk it. I'm gonna take LeBron James. Oh, I, yes. <laughs> I might not get the Cavs or the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna take LeBron James at, at small, small forward. forward. So you got your forwards. You got your center. Yeah. We got two teams left. You need a point guard and a shooting guards. guard. Come on, let's All go. All right, here we go. Who's next? I think you're gonna like this Let's one. Let's go. Dirty Bill, man. You know, my guy, Kobe. Kobe you gotta go with Ryan. Kobe. Now, I think this is gonna be a good one to end it off. You need a point guard, and the last team is the Raptors. Raptors. <laughs> well, there's a couple point guards. I guess it's not as easy, but. No. no. Um, I mean, you could go Lowry, you could go Damon Stoudemire, you could go Alvin Williams, you could go. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the guys from some over the years. Uh, but Fred Jose Van Vliet, Calderon. Calderon. <laughs> Don't forget Calderon. Don't sleep on Jose. No, he was, he's amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm going to have to go with Kyle. Man. Kyle Lowry. Yeah. That's not a bad roster. So you got Kyle Lowry passing it to Kobe, yeah. who dishes it off to LeBron, who dumps it inside to Tim Duncan, and Bill Russell yeah. just blocks yeah, everything. Yeah, just blocks everything. I like it. Yeah, it's not bad. I was really hoping for a Golden State. I would, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you would have got that going, <laughs> Well, sure. That's the answer for every, every question. Um, <laughs> Habib, uh, first off, well, not first off, because we've already done a lot of chatting, but um, you brought this in for me, and yeah. Max isn't here today, so I get it. Max. Um, I got a Hoop Life hoodie. Now, we talk about this. I don't want to cover up my microphone here, but we that talk thing about. That beautiful. Oh, yeah. Now he's wearing a couple nice things too. He's got the hat, he's got the hoodie. Uh, we've seen some, some great apparel from you guys. Where can everybody find all your stuff and use our promo code that I'll tell you about in a sec? <laughs> yeah, you just, everyone just gotta head to uh, hooplifebasketball.com and then there, if you just go to like the left side, there's a shop. Yeah. Uh, and then you click that, and it'll just take you straight to our shop and we got hoodies, shirts, masks, tubes, hats, nice. pants, like everything you need of and yeah. get it's dripped some, out. It's seriously some great stuff. So if you're in the in your, you're in the mood, it's all comfortable, it's all nice fitting, it's all stylish. 
Uh, it's got everything. So hooplifebasketball.com. Squad 10 is the promo code, 10% off. So squad 10, hit it up. And uh, thanks for coming in. Love, love having you guys. Well, now we're now we got this game. So now every time oh, bro, we're going to get done, Habib. Appreciate it, brother. Hope to see you real soon. Yeah, no, I I really hope next time I'm on, man, I get some uh, get some curries in there. And oh yeah. <laughs> so. Well, we'll come up with a different we'll game play next the game time. Again. <laughs> yeah, we'll play. It'll be similar, but it, we'll play it a little differently next time. But uh, make sure you guys check out everything Hoop Life's got going on. They're doing great things. When are we gonna be on on the, the announcement that you had? Oh, I don't want to I don't want to tease it too much. No. But I'm I heard an close. update today, and that's all I'll say. Yeah. I heard a small <laughs> snippet of an update, and that's it. Oh boy! You and I will talk a bit, but okay. for the for the public, we'll uh, we're definitely definitely gonna announce it's, it's soon. It's coming soon, guys. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, great, Habib. Thanks for coming in, and uh, we'll see you or Andrew in a few weeks. Awesome, man. Appreciate right. you guys. We're gonna hit up a break, and when we come back, we got still we got our bluebird block, and we got a little bit of hockey talk. I think we want to wrap up as well. So we'll stay tuned, and uh, we'll see you after the break. Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. Stunning graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. BDG, always delivering the best fan experience. IKS Live. IKS Live. Western Canada's premier production services company. LED. LED sign rentals. Video. Video production. Event, event management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website. IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. segment here going tonight uh thank you all for checking in our bluebird block is coming up next let's bring in our good buddy max uh to wrap this show up we got a lot to talk about now max uh you were telling me before the show started that you were basically writing a graphic novel about all the blue jay stuff you wanted to talk about you pared it down to well, i don't know what did you write down six or seven things here tonight but first and foremost do we still have max all right, he's there. He's coming. Jordan's working magic tonight, so everybody give Jordan a round of applause. Anybody watching on Facebook tonight, please uh, type in, thank you, Jordan, because he's working magic back here. 
This is eventually going to be super smooth, but right now we're still working out a few kinks in our move downstairs. But Max, Jays win 7-3 tonight. You had it on. You were checking it out throughout the evening. Uh, let's start there. What did you see tonight? The boys won. Bats were going over the Yankees. Hunjin Ryu wins his first game of the season over Jamison Tyon. Tell me about it. Uh-oh. Oh, no, I think we're good. I think I just nudged the volume. Oh, well, that's, yep, that's that good was stuff. Mean. Like I said, we're, we're working through stuff tonight. We're working through stuff. But, man, like you said, Hunjin Ryu, six and two-thirds, incredibly masterfully pitched baseball game tonight. And Bo Bichette, um, him and Vladdy combined on one of the nicest game-ending plays tonight. Went to a review, so it kind of took some of the, the climaticism out of it. We'll, we'll go with that word for it. <laughs> sure. Anticlimactic, whatever you want to go with. I like but climaticism man, better. Absolutely. And you know what? When you watch the highlights later, you'll echo my sentiments. It was an incredible play to end a ball game. And those two are just looking absolutely dynamic right now. Um, we'll get into the notes a little bit later about the, the good, the bad and the ugly from what is now a five or five and six start uh, 11 games through the season. So it's not been all good. But man, I tell you, this was a really, really good, clean ball game played tonight, uh, getting a much deserved, much needed win. Uh, and looking for the series victory tomorrow uh, afternoon against the Yankees. So uh, fantastic ball game tonight. But let's get into uh, a couple of the other topics there. Yeah, uh, I'll kick it off with just well, well one I was thing. Just, I was uh, just gonna say, just oh, yeah. I, sorry, I, go ahead. You told me something before the show that just blew my mind, Max. And I don't know if anybody Rowdy knows. Tellez hit a home run. Well, that that's great news. Uh, <laughs> he finally gets his power going a little bit. But you told me a, a little tidbit, and I don't know if many people know this. Can you tell me about? Is Garrett Cole good? Is, is Garrett Cole good? <laughs> I tell you what, my friend, uh, last night's ball game, um, as a completely unbiased opinion, I'm obviously wearing the duds. I'm, I'm true blue through and through. But, man, when you watch Garrett Cole command a baseball game, it is all kinds of beautiful, man. This guy throws 99. He's got three absolute wipeout pitches. And the fact that we got a win against him on opening day is absolutely fantastic. If we can just get a couple more of those wins, because we're going to see him again. It's undoubted, and I believe 18 times we're going to face the Yankees this year. Um, man, this guy is worth every penny in New York. The way that he goes about his business, I am just absolutely mesmerized watching him on the hill. And yeah, it's tough watching Bo and Vladdy and, and all these guys strike out against him. But if you appreciate the nuances in the game of baseball, take the time and sit down and watch Garrett Cole go to work because this guy is incredible. So one thing that we've both noticed, but, uh, you know, when you look at the numbers, it's pretty obvious to tell. But the bats have been pretty inconsistent. You've seen flashes from guys so far. You've seen Vladdy making some big hits so far. Marcus Semyon has shown signs of stardom. Uh, obviously, George Springer hasn't shown up yet. Bo Bichette's looked really good. But overall, they haven't been able to string a bunch of hits together for a long period of time. Is that coming, Max, from what you've seen? Or what do you think about the bats so far? I think undoubtedly it's coming. When you look at, obviously, they, they poured on the uh, LA Angels in the two-hour, 45-minute rain delay game over the weekend. 15-1 win. Those games are always kind of fun to watch, um, especially for the first four or five innings when the, the team is pouring it on. And obviously, you see tonight they put up a seven spot. But yeah, you've seen some inconsistencies. In you, and I think that is just the growing pains of a young baseball team. We still, you got to look at these guys. They are not five, six, seven-year veterans in the game yet. 
yet. They are one to two years deep and they are vastly ahead of the development curve of a lot of guys in generations past. But you look at a guy like Bo Bichette, he still, when he gets frustrated with his game, you can tell. He starts chasing pitches outside the zone. Um, and it's almost, it, it's a uh, microcosm of his entire game. If he's not having a great game in the field, he typically doesn't have a great game with the bat. He's not able to kind of leave one and still help out on the other. Um, but with that being said, credit where credit is due, the kid absolutely comes back the next day firing on all cylinders. If he has a bad game, you can bet dollars to donuts he is making it up in on both sides of the ball uh, the next time he gets an opportunity. Vladdy Guerrero looks like an absolutely different baseball player at the plate this year. Dropping 40 pounds seemed to really help him in his game and also to just maybe learning the league a little bit more, getting some more at-bats, uh, getting a chance to face some really high-end pitchers. This is something that he never saw at the lower levels of the minors and with his vast acceleration through the minor league ranks, it was very, very quick for him to jump from low A, double A, triple A to the major leagues so i think we're just seeing the the uh, development of a really really good major league hitter starting to take shape and like i said man i think we got nothing to be excited or nothing but good things to be excited about um it's just going to take a little more time and that's just the growing pains of having a young baseball team we still haven't seen springer taking it bat yet tails on the uh covid list for the next 10 days um if they can scrape together some wins and get back over 500 and keep themselves in the hunt hey all is going to be well for us so we've talked at length and numerous times about the pitching staff so far and our concerns about the starting rotation. Uh, the bullpen hasn't looked too, too bad. They're still working out a few who's going to kind of pitch where type stuff, uh, but that'll come. Uh, but one thing that you've been impressed with, I've been impressed with, Robbie Ray has looked like he's having a bounce back year. He's off to a great start. Maybe doesn't have, he got, he got the big loss the other night, but uh, generally looked pretty good. Give me your thoughts on Robbie Ray. Hey, it was one bad pitch away from just a, a spectacular outing. He had a very good outing. At the end of the day, he just left a pitch over the heart of the plate to a good hitter. Uh, and that happens in the game of baseball, especially in your first start. The thing with Robbie Ray when we acquired him last year was does he have control can he actually get the ball over the plate consistently and that was the knock on him pete walker uh he has got to be one of the most underrated pitching coaches in all of baseball and that was what robbie ray said was a big factor in him coming back to the team this year was the relationship that he developed over a very quick period of time with pete walker they've worked on some things and it's certainly it it showed itself in the spring and although he started the year off with a bit of a kind of a fluke injury at home and carrying his daughter and banging his elbow, um, he had a very, very impressive start last night to start his campaign. I only see good things from Robbie Ray going forward. So we got the Yankees tonight. They won that one. The Yankees tomorrow, a three-game, four-game set against the Royals, a two-game set against the Red Sox, and then three against the Rays. So over the next little while, a lot of inner, in, inner divisional games. Uh, so they could set them up, set themselves up pretty nicely in the standings uh, in terms of at least in their division max. Anything else pressing for you that you wanted to get off your chest? Because I know you said you had a lot of stuff you wanted to talk about tonight. Give me one more if you have it. Otherwise, we'll wrap up the Bluebird block for RBI baseball here in Regina. I'm just super excited to see George Springer. Reports are that he's possibly going to look to join the team uh, during the Tampa road trip, which is only about 25 minutes away from their complex in Dunedin right now. So he's going to go to the alternate site. He's going to get some at-bats against, I believe, some major league caliber pitching uh, or at least some high uh, minor level uh, pitching from, I believe, teams like the Phillies and the Marlins, I believe, are coming through the Dunedin complex. Um, I'm just really excited to see the, I guess, 
transformation this team can take with George Springer in the leadoff hole like they signed him to do. Um, it's just going to be an incredibly exciting day when number four actually takes the field for the Jays. And I understand the concern. I understand why they're wanting to be careful with him right now. But man, oh man, I'm really excited to see our prized offseason acquisition go to work. And I think he is going to do wonders for this baseball team uh, this year and over the next six. Not to mention that Nate Pearson might be back before too long as well. Yes. But we'll, uh, we'll hold on for that because I think he's still a little ways away as he kind of works his way back into the rotation. That'll do it for the yeah, Bluebird man. block for tonight. We still have a few things to get to, Max, but are you looking for a way to improve your skills on the baseball diamond? Are your kids in need always. of some training? Oh, always. Skill building. Actually, me and Max had an interesting idea where we, we were going to try to work ourselves back into shape and see how fast we could pitch through RBI. So RBI, if you're watching, we might have a little, a little campaign for you here, uh, which I think would benefit myself personally, but also uh, it'd be pretty fun. So we might be able to do that in the future. But check out RBI Training Center today, located just east of Regina. RBI is Southern Saskatchewan's premier baseball and softball training facility. Check out their website, Facebook, and Instagram today at RBI. They rise above the rest. Now, boys, uh, earlier in the show, we forgot to do the Vigor fan vote because we wanted to get to our guest. Are you able to throw up the Vigor fan vote? Because I want to give Max a second in the spotlight to talk about his beloved Nashville Predators. Now, I think I'm going to have to move over. Oh, we're just going to go to Max. Max, you got the hat. You got the jersey. The oh. boys are rolling 12-3 and three in their last 15. Am I correct in saying that? Tell me about the Predators. Why didn't they sell at the deadline, Max? And tell me who they got at the deadline. Clark, they are 13-3 and three after eight. Beat down of the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight, seven to two. Tanner Janot, Oxbow, Saskatchewan gets his first NHL goal. Um, the boys are firing on all cylinders. I will preface this: Curtis McElhaney was in net. Uh, it wasn't Andre Vasilevsky, but from what I caught of the game, it didn't matter. The Predators were winning this game. Uh, I am so excited for the turnaround that this team uh, has seen in the last month and a half, two months, and it's been largely on the back of UC Soros. If you don't know this name, everybody, hockey fans, start looking him up because since he had a 3-5 and five start, he is statistically the best goaltender in the NHL since I believe February 24th, February 25th. This guy is stopping pucks, and he's just a little guy that moves around the net so quickly, so flawlessly, and it's just a joy to watch every night. There is zero, zero issue if we see a breakaway or whatever it is. You just know Juice is going to backstop you here. Um, man, this team is going to be really fun to watch. When you look at David Poyle and you look at his trade deadline, he picked up Eric Goodbranson from the Ottawa Senators for a seventh-round pick and a, uh, pr I guess we'll call him a prospect, uh, in Brandon Fortunato, who's a 24-year-old who's barely cracking AHL lineups right now. Uh, oh, my goodness, the, the pred circles and chat rooms of the uproar and the horror of acquiring Eric Goodbranson. I couldn't believe it uh, for acquiring a right-shot depth defenseman in a year where the Predators have been absolutely riddled by injuries um, I couldn't believe it but either way I thought it was a nice depth pickup from David Poyle showing a little faith in his team saying hey boys I believe in this group we just need a little something to help us out on the depth side of things but man this run that they've been on is very reminiscent to 2017 when they famously went to the Stanley Cup finals against the Pittsburgh Penguins and they are doing this all without Philip Forsberg uh, they largely did it without Ryan Ellis. Roman Yossi was out for two or three weeks. Matt Duchesne is still out. Dante Fabro is out. A new young defenseman that has emerged, Alexander Carrier is out. 
Um, oh man, it's just been such an incredible run to watch. Like I said, largely on the back of UC Soros. I like what David Poyle did slash did not do at the deadline. At the end of the day, when you're in a playoff position, like I said, going back to 2017, get in and you have a chance to win. And with this type of victory tonight over the Tampa Bay Lightning, I get they don't have Stamkos right now. They don't have Kucherov. They didn't have Vasilevsky in net. We didn't have our top guns either. But my goodness, this is a confidence-building W that could lead to some very, very good things. There's been a lot of TSN turning points for the Nashville Predators this year, and i got to put my foot in my mouth because I gave up on them too for a little while. But man, oh man, this last 16 games has been a run that I'm super, super happy about. Uh, my, and done. And done. Uh, my good buddy Dylan Fournier is checking in for the Love of Hockey podcast is his podcast. He says that... Uh, can we talk about can we talk about Phelps taking the line drive tonight, uh, Max? Maybe did you see that one? Uh, I obviously was on air, so I missed it. I don't know if you saw David Phelps take a line drive. Um, yeah, I, I actually I only saw the notification. I had to flip over to the Preds game because I saw that they were absolutely dummying the Lightning, uh, and the the game was kind of ending very very quickly. The Jays took care of business in the ninth inning and got three quick outs. Um, I just saw the notification. I hope David Phelps is okay. Haven't seen the highlight yet. Line drives obviously coming back at a pitcher. We if you've ever been on a mound before. Uh, you know that that threat is always imminent and it's not a fun thing to take a stinger. So I'm hoping you only got in the shoulder or the arm. Uh, like I said, I got to take a look at the highlights a little bit later, but uh, hopefully David Phelps is going to be okay. Uh, and like I said, it uh, it was something that did escape me in the excitement of uh, Bo and, and Vladdy's final play to end the game. Uh, now he also goes on, Dylan, to say that Saros was not good for fantasy at the beginning of the year, but I'm so glad to see them doing better. Not going to lie. <laughs> now, Max, oh, I don't yeah. know if you remember, but I was the one telling you that they're going to go on a playoff run, and you kept telling me, no, it's not the year, but hey, I don't know. Well, you didn't start saying it until they won, like, I don't know, six of eight. It was a while into the street. Yeah, but I also was <laughs> I was secretly hoping they would fail because I was hoping Matthias Ekholm would come to the blue and white. But, hey, that's okay. He looks good in oh, yeah. yellow. He wasn't I'll, going I'll leave anywhere. him there. Uh, one more thing we wanted to mention earlier in the show mm -hmm. and we didn't get to, and I think this could lead to a bit of a debate among our remaining viewers here tonight, and then we'll wrap it up because uh, I know the over-under is probably getting close. But... Uh, now, Alan, there should be a picture of this, but I'll let you and Jordan figure this out. Julian Edelman of the New England Patriots decides to retire, uh, and the debate is already raging on other, whether this guy is a Hall of Famer or not. He has three Super Bowls. Uh, he had a bunch of other numbers that I, I honestly, I wish I had the tweet in front of me. I'll maybe look for it while I let you talk. But uh, the argument is that, you know, his, there he is, Julian, number 11. Uh, he came in at a great time. I think his rookie year was the year where they had Randy Moss and they went 16-0, and I believe. Uh, now, is that the year they lost to the Giants? Yes, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so, Sorry, Adam Schultz. Sorry, Patriots fans. But, hey, you got to wear <laughs> it sometimes. Is Julian Edelman a football, a pro football Hall of Famer, Max. Uh, tell me what you sent me earlier today. Uh, okay, so I, I'm of a couple of different minds on this. I've done a little bit more research as well since we last talked, Clark. And the thing is, is, okay, it's the pro football Hall of Fame. Is it the pro playoff football Hall of Fame? Because if it is, Julian Edelman is 110% deserving three Super Bowls, the numbers he's put up, the big moments that he's uh, accomplished and plays that he's made in crunch time uh, alongside Tom Brady and company, unmatched. It's absolutely incredible. And I love Julian Edelman. I absolutely love his personality. I love what he brought to the New England Patriots. One of the very few Patriots that I did like. 
But if you look at his numbers in the regular season, you got to take a look at the comparison. And the glaring one is Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward's numbers absolutely dwarf Julian Edelman's in the regular season. And I believe Heinz Ward has a Super Bowl with the yep. uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. If, yep. if I'm, I'm pretty not sure he was. I'm pretty sure he was on that roster that one year where they won it. Yep, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And uh, when you look at his numbers in the regular season playoffs, take it all into account. He hasn't even gotten in yet, and I believe this is his fifth time on the ballot. Um, so if you look at Julian Edelman, he's certainly not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I highly doubt he's going to be a second ballot Hall of Famer. But could he get in eventually based on his playoff merits? Yes, I could see it. I don't think it's going to be for a long time. But like I said, when you look at the guys like Heinz Ward and some other wide receivers and the resumes that they built over their playing careers, I just don't see Julian Edelman in that class if you look at the entire body of work. Now, February is obviously the most important evaluation of your body of work as a football player. But with that being said, again, I just, I'm so torn on it. I, do, I think he is like a maybe eighth, ninth, tenth year guy that gets in. Uh, and when he does, I bet you his Hall of Fame speech is going to be absolutely incredible. Uh, I wonder if he'll still have a beard. I don't necessarily know. Might, but, uh, might have like a longer said, beard. He might have a gray beard at that point. He might. But anyways, I've talked enough. Clark, your thoughts on it. Uh, so not only has Chad Isaac sent in a few Facebook comments saying no, he also sent me a text with a graphic. And this is the one you're referring to about Heinz Ward. Uh, mm -hmm. So he says, uh, the comparison between Heinz Ward is as follows. Heinz has exactly, now I don't know if this, I'm sure this is exactly, a thousand receptions. Julian Edelman has 620. Heinz Ward had 12,083 yards. Julian Edelman has 6,822 yards. So exactly half. Heinz Ward has 85 touchdowns. Julian Edelman has 36. They each have one Super Bowl MVP and Heinz Ward has four Pro Bowls to Julian Edelman's zero Pro Bowls. Now, one other one that I just want to drive a comparison to because I just saw it while I was searching. Would you say that Jordy Nelson is a Hall of Famer? Oh. See, when I think of Jordy Nelson, I think of injured reserve. Okay. I think of a career this, this that... This drives a point, so I want you to, I want you to just kind of sure. say, what do you think? I think, of a, I think of a career and a talent the likes of which we never got to see. Sure. I think of him and I look at Paul Correa and the things that he could have accomplished without the injury resume that he had. Uh, getting back to football as they are completely different sports. And this is not knowing Jordy Nelson's numbers off the, the top of my head, but knowing that he played with Aaron Rodgers, he did have some incredible seasons. I do know that. Now, Paul Correa is a I Hall of Famer, Max. I'll say that. That exactly but is. He is. Here's the thing about, so here's the comparison between Edelman and Nelson. Edelman, 620, mm -hmm. we established that, receptions. Jordy Nelson, 613. So these are a pretty good comparison. Mm -hmm. yep. Edelman's yards, 6822, as I mentioned. <laughs> Nelson's, 8,587. Uh, wow. And he also <laughs> exactly doubled him in touchdowns. Nelson had 72. Uh, so this person wow. says, stop kidding yourself. If Edelman is a Hall of Famer, then Jordy's a first ballot, undisputed Hall of Famer. Uh, so there's another comparison. So I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards the no pile. Uh, I get that the playoff stuff is there. Uh, and maybe Jordy Nelson doesn't have the playoff stuff. But 
then, you, then the you're getting into the argument. Hold on. Then you're getting into the argument uh, that Sterling Sharp put out there, uh, which is Shannon Sharp's brother. And that's a fantastic video. If you haven't seen it, go search it up. Uh, where he argues that he was one of the best receivers of all time, but his career was cut short. He only played seven or eight years compared to the Randy Mosses of the world, but his numbers were right there uh, in, within his career span. So that, that just brings you up exactly what you said, injuries, all that kind of stuff, uh, which it's a great debate, and it always is when it comes to Hall of Famers. Uh, but Max, I think we're going to wrap up tonight's show. Uh, tonight, thank you for tuning in tonight. Tomorrow on the Rod Peterson Show, uh, right now as it sits, we have Joey Alfieri coming in from TSN Montreal. We're going to talk Montreal Canadiens as well as maybe Ask a little. Ask him why the Habs could have let go of Victor Mete, please. I will. I still don't understand that. I'll bring it up. And uh, we also <laughs> have. Um, Alan, who do we have? I forgot already. I just booked them. <laughs> Sorry, I took your train of thought. Ah, away. that's okay. It's a good one, though. I promise you. Uh, but uh, next week on the Squadcast, Max, I don't know. Do we have a direction, or are we kind of freelancing it at this point? Well, I think we do. And I think speaking of the Hall of Fame. Oh, right. We're possibly looking at bringing in a Hall of Famer. And uh, I'm not talking about me and my uh, return to the chair. Uh, we're uh, we're hopefully going to look at another Hall of Famer who uh, had a very very big day in terms of uh, professional football accomplishment as well as uh, business accomplishment as well. So, yeah. uh, so stay it, tuned. That, that may provide some clues. Yeah. But uh, like I said, if we uh, do have the chance to bring him in, I'll be very excited to speak to him about everything that's going on. Yeah, that should be. Uh, hopefully, we'll we'll talk to his people. Uh, we'll we'll see what's going on. Sounds good. But from the true basement of the bunker, uh, we are signing off. I'm producer Clark. Mad Max is to my right. Thanks, Mad Max. We'll hopefully get you back inside here uh, next week. Director Jordan, producer Alan in the back. Thank you guys for getting us through this one. Uh, Thank and you we'll, for all uh, the work tonight, boys. You guys absolutely crushed it. I Thank think we're you. off to a good start down here, and now we've got to build on it, and it'll be great. Uh, all our friends over at Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions, IKS Media, Vigor Lifestyles, Hoop Life, Basketball Habib for coming in tonight, Paul Hendrick for being our guest, uh, and RBI Baseball Training, of course. My closing lyric, I think, is this an ode to Ben Hutton? It sounds like it is. Uh, now, this is to the tune of Britney Spears' Hit Me Baby One More Time. Max did the honor of writing me this one. Uh, so it's about the trade deadline acquisitions by the looks of it. Uh, my Felino-ness is killing me. And I must confess, I still believe in this team. Hit me, ba hit me doobie one more time. Riley Nash is total trash. But at least we got Big Save Dave, so I still believe, still believe. Hit me Hutton one more time. Max, thanks for that. That was gorgeous. Good stuff. All Good right. Stuff. We'll chat uh, soon, Max, and everyone else for checking in. Thank you very much. We'll see you next Tuesday right here on the Squadcast and Saturday for our ho Saturday hockey show, uh, which should be another good one. Uh, we'll see you on the airwaves. Bye for now. Thank you very much, everyone. Have a great week.